Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man. But uh, I have to correct one thing. The big dog is not in today. Instead, it's the young kid, Jack Washer, out of the University of Missouri. Even though, for those watching on the picture screen right near via a live webcast, he's wearing the Northwestern University jersey. So big dog out today. Young Jack in the house. we got baseball to talk about. Football, Tiger at Bridgestone. A big rock concert in Chicago. Weekend activities. Seniors or college kids going back to school pretty soon and much, much more. And, of course, the music of the TalkZone.com. Uh, the inspirational, if not motivational, and occasionally annoying music of the TalkZone.com. Jack, we were talking before the show, you were going to Lollapalooza, one of the, the biggest summer rock concerts in the country. It has grown to that level. How would you compare the music you just heard? to what you might be hearing at Lollapalooza. Could David Olson maybe play some tunes down there? And- I mean, I'm sure he would you know, get a couple of hits. You know? Yeah. You know, everyone's just roaming around. You know, 95,000 people that are, you know, someone's going to listen. There's something about that TalkZone.com news. Joel said, I think he told me off air, he said, if you're constipated and you listen to like five minutes of consecutive of our opening music, it will solve uh, not all your problems, but most of them. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, first of all, great to have you back, Jack. We had you what uh, about a month and a half ago at the beginning of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished up your freshman year of college, heading back in a couple of weeks to the University of Missouri. Two weeks left, 14 precious days, and you decided to spend one of them with us here at the Two Guys in a Mic Show. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I could spare a day. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a slow summer, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, I've been working, but uh, it's, it's nice to be here. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- the groups that you're going to be here at Lollapalooza today, any uh, couple ones that you are particularly looking forward to? And to our fans outside the Chicago area, maybe not familiar with Lollapalooza, explain a por favor. Uh, well, I know my friends really want to see uh, Afrojack. Uh, Coldplay, I think, is headlining tonight. Coldplay? Yeah. Wow. And I think they're headlining, so I think we'll definitely see them tonight. I thought they were too old for that crowd. Yeah, apparently not. Uh, but I mean, I'm I'm gonna go see them. I've I've heard their music. I like them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, other than that, you know, those are the only two we really want to see. So I'm sure we'll be roaming around like everybody else. You know, going from stage to stage, finding, you know, stage to stage <laughs> coverage of the Tour de France. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I got that mixed up. That was our Tour de France coverage. Uh, what do they have, like five? And again, this is Lollapalooza for the people not familiar with a huge rock concert. It, it was pretty big when it first started out, then it kind of died out a little bit. And back, I think, like 2004, it got maybe pretty about big. six, seven years ago, it started to get big. And it has grown to the point now where it, I think it's the largest selling concert in the country. Yeah, it. Well, what it was when it originally started, it wouldn't just be at one venue. It would, it would be a traveling Okay. Group of artists that would play all over the country. Now, I think it was 2006 it started. It's just here in Chicago. Gotcha. That's it. One time, one shot, one weekend only. Yeah, one weekend only. 90000 per day, and you're going to be down there for one day, or uh, has it been a good financial summer, Jack? Were you able to get there all three days? I got, I'm, good, I'm getting there all three days. Nice. Yeah. I, I feel I feel it's good to go all three days. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Now, for the young kids out there and for us senior citizens who live vicariously through 
exciting young lives like yourself. What are some of the do's and don'ts for the young kids out there at a rock concert in a fairly small area with 90,000 people in five stages and one bathroom? <laughs> Stay hydrated. Um, Stay hydrated. Keep your eyes open. Yeah, uh, 90,000 people are going to be uh, rubbing up against a lot of people. Uh, make sure you always know where everything you brought, you know, bring a backpack. I always found that helps because it's harder to, for people to go into your backpack, really? unzip everything, take it out okay. without you noticing. So the, these, take a notes at home, folks. Now the zipper backpack, not the pull string. Well, the pull string you could do too really? because, well, it's, it's so close to your back. It's like right. tugged on you and then, if someone tries to rip it open, you can kind of I, – I, at least I could feel yeah. that. I don't know about the average human being, but, you know, at least mm-hmm. I could feel that. Now, if you do go wallet or iPod, are you a front pocket – without me getting too personal here, feel free to slap me on the head. Are you a front pocket guy or a back pocket guy? I'm a back pocket guy. Even in big crowds? It depends. Okay. Anybody interested in an iPod or a wallet? It seems to be readily available. Jack Washer, you can watch him on the live webcast here. Hopefully you'll be wearing a nice out, uh, different outfit so you won't be quite so easy will, to spot. I will be changing. <laughs> I will be changing my appearance. If you are, like, stripped completely by halfway through the day-to-day, the, uh, the bad news is you have lost your wallet, your iPad, and most of your clothing. The good news, though, is, Dave, we will know that uh, we've got a listening audience here at the Two Guys in a Mic Show. <laughs> You're now a moving target. Yeah, I, I can live with that. I bet you bet you're very proud. Afro uh-huh. Jack, you mentioned. Yeah. Not familiar with their music. They're they're more of uh, uh, modern day, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, like techno, like upbeat, electronic. I you know they went and they actually came down to Missouri actually, um, mm-hmm. and I heard you know one of my buddies told me to go see them. I was like, all right, fine, sure, I'll try them out. Not too bad, not too bad. And now they're coming here, so I'm like, oh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go see them again. All right, cool. So. Lala Blues, it's right there for you. We got any rock concert fans out there, any music fans? We're always willing to jump off the sports page here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show, especially when uh, the baseball season is fading into the limelight as it is here in Chicago. Feel free to give us a call. Phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Again, the big dog is out. I don't know if you're aware or not, Jack, but his job this summer is leading architectural tours via kayak on the Chicago River. So that's what he's doing right now. That sounds now. fun. Huh? I, I can get into that. that Actually, not bad. That sounds fun. Not bad. You get paid for it. You got good tips. Put the big dog out today, young Jack Washer, Missouri University, University of Missouri, sitting in. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. If you want to email us, Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Your generation doesn't email Jack, so if people want to text us, what do they do? Do we have a text number here? Give me, give me your. You don't want to give out your phone number. That's not smart. They, they can. They, I told them to email. They can email. Okay. I know it's old fashioned. They're, they're capable of human okay. beings. Mike two guys and Mike short for microphone. M I C and then the number two. Mike two guys at aol dot com. So we got Lollapalooza, big rock concert to talk about. Uh, I want to get to your uh, heading off to college sophomore year. Some. Uh, Things that have happened over the summer, but of course we got sports to talk about. And Jack, your favorite team, the Chicago Cubs, uh, on a rare. We got to talk about this because it hasn't happened too often. They're on a winning streak. Where are we now? At one, five, two, three, four, five. Five games. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Wow. Significant, insignificant. Your excitement level is the meter going up a little bit. Oh, it's always up whenever they're winning. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been watching. I didn't watch last night. You know, Adol, I did see they came back. I'm excited because that's you know, that's how you get winning streaks. You know, you can't. Uh, blow every t- blow every team out. Uh, you have to be able to fight, 
And, uh, you know, they're actually starting to hit the ball out of the ballpark now. Uh, I think Tyler Colvin hit the long, one of the longest home runs in PNC Park. He, he bounced it into the river over right field. But, uh, you know, the starting pitching is finally doing something. Uh, um, you know, and, the, you know, they, you know, it's a, you normally we would say, oh, we're sweeping the Pirates. That's no big deal. They're in the cellar of the NL Central. But truth is, we've had trouble with the Pirates and, you know, and they're, they're pretty good this year. You know, I mean, they're struggling right now, but you know, they've been pretty good. You know, they were in first place about a week ago and, you know, we just swept them. And Seven game losing streak for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They had that tough call and what, like a 19 inning game play at home plate where the umpire called them, um, Safe. Home safe. And, he was, and the replay show, he was uh, was out. I don't know if you can blame that call on the long game, but whatever it is, Pittsburgh diving now two games below 500. And quite frankly, I think a lot of the country, and, and even myself as a Cub fan, I'm kind of rooting for Pittsburgh. It's nice that the Cubs finally got a four-game sweep. It's nice that they got a five-game win streak. But, Jack, I almost feel bad that it came against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have been a, a pretty good feel-good story this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I feel that call did have some, uh, an effect on them because, you know, it's just like we're going to lose a game on that. I mean, really? Uh, you know, because if you watch the replay over and over again, he was clearly out. The runner thought he was clearly out. Um, I just don't know what the umpire might have saw, you know. I think. Yeah. Oh, forget 19 innings. That's a lot of time to be ump. The umpires don't get to sit in the dugout. Yeah. And, you know, get a nice cool refreshment. They don't get to, uh, you know, go into the clubhouse and relax a little bit. They're out there so. You know, could be human error after what he's been umpiring for three months this season. Nineteen inning game, it was a close play. He just blew the call. Yeah, I mean, you know, can happen. Yeah, but you know, uh, it always then brought up the controversy of should there be replay, and you know, I think every controversial call will mm-hmm. be calling for that until it costs you know a team a World Series. You know, the age-old argument: should there be replay? David Olson, I know they're talking about having replay for our show. I don't, you know, I know it's a very controversial topic. If we make a mistake or something, if we can go back, you know, instant replay. I'm fighting against it. I figure the less scream time, the better. But uh, hopefully that will not happen. But that, yeah, that's going to be an age-old argument. And you know, at least I would think over your lifetime, Jack, there's going to be more and more replay in in all sports as the technology improves. I think you're going to see it more often. Oh yeah, I, you know, I definitely. You know, they had the technology. That's the thing. Uh, just Bud Selig, you know, till he gives over his commissionership or whatever you call it, you know, there's not going to be more replay because he's apparently, he's like, you know, a team in air. I'm like, well, you know what? People want to get it right. They don't, I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah. but you don't want to disrupt the flow of the game. You watch the NFL now. You would think with modern technology, as good as it is, that it wouldn't take as long as it is. You watch an NFL game right now with the instant replay definitely is disruptive to the flow of the game. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I like it though. You know, they only get two challenges, and for baseball, you can only maybe get one challenge. You know, because I feel there's only one mistake that an umpire will make. You know, you know, in NFL, it's, you know, it's tougher. You know, uh, you know, seeing the ball and everything. But uh, I think you just get one challenge. You know, and maybe they can only use it from the sixth inning on. You know, when the game starts to heat up. You know, when it starts to really matter. Um, and you know, it wouldn't take long. They go in there. It takes maybe. Two minutes, they come back out, they make the right call, and the game goes on. Mm-hmm. People are making a big deal about how it's going to take a half hour. Well, if they're looking at the replay, they're going to see, oh wow, he is way out, or he did not. That, that is definitely out of. That is definitely a home run. Uh, we got the call wrong. Let's make the right call. Boom. Wow. Five minutes later, we're starting the game. So it takes five minutes. The game takes five minutes longer, but you get the right call, 
and no one, there's no controversy, you know. And it happens one time a game. Five minutes can be a somewhat extensive delay, and it doesn't happen only one time a game because you've seen it in the NFL. The same thing would happen in baseball. Uh, you know, you start to do it. It starts off at one time a game, and then people get used to the concept, and it picks up a little bit, and pretty soon it will be like the NFL where you're having, I won't say extensive, that's an exaggeration, but you got a fair amount of footballists interrupt us during the game. And, and uh, to me, in football, just put an experienced ref up in the replay booth. Let each coach... You know, throw one challenge per half. I love the rule, the last two minutes, you don't need... Or Here, let me phrase it a different way. You know how the, what they do in the last two minutes? Yeah. No mm-hmm. challenges, but the replay... Why not just do that the whole game? Yeah, they do that in college. If a guy up there is watching the replays, if he sees a you know questionable call, signal to your commercial timeout guy, the guy in the red hat, most annoying man in the, in the football <laughs> field if you ever watch that guy, or girl... So yeah, forget the challenges. Forget I'll just have a have a replay guy up in the booth who can stop the game when it, when a severe missed call has been made. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you could do that. Uh, they do that in college football, I know for sure. Um, they actually give the coaches challenges now, but you know, I feel college does it the best. You know, they 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 just they like to be sure that they're right. You know, and it, the game takes maybe ten or fifteen minutes longer than an NFL game. Uh, but that's all, there's other rules that force the game longer, but. I think they do a great job, and you know the official will take maybe 30 seconds just to confirm the call. But you know, you know, it's, I think it's a good system that college has, not you know, that's not the reason I watch college football. You know, mm-hmm. there's more excitement to it, but uh, I definitely like what they do. We're gonna get to college football in a second too, because some of the early preseason polls are out. It's great to be talking about football again. But just to finish the thought, now Cubs in a five-game win streak, longest of the season. They're taking on Cincinnati. Remember David Olson, the envelope. Even though I didn't put it in there, I, I about three weeks ago, I had brief little glimpses of like the miracle of miracles, <laughs> where the Cubs would get on this unbelievable run. It's been 102 years since we won it all, right? So, you know, it would be fitting when you least expect it, when things look most awry, for the Cubs like to put some ridiculous win streak together, and not only win the division, get hot, win the World Series, and this would be the year. I know it's a ridiculous thought, but I was going to put that in the envelope, seal it, and then open it up, and I'd be the only guy in the world. Now, you got a little five-game win streak going, but they're still, what, 15 and a half back? Yeah, you know, it, it, they would definitely need to start winning a lot. Uh, <laughs> the Brewers would definitely, and the Cardinals would yeah. definitely need to start losing a lot. Uh, Manager Quade caught a lot of flack last week about, and now he's since rescinded a little bit. But he was getting flack for saying, hey, you know, we can, you never know, we can still... Still win this thing. Well, I yeah, true, and you know, I I think I think what ignited them was you know if you watched last Saturday, you know Matt Holiday makes breaks up a double play, and but he does it in an interesting way. He slides late, in my opinion, and the rule in baseball is you have to make a play on the bag. You can't like go off into center field. Right. And Castro did. You know, where you catch the ball and you slide your foot across the bag yep. and then try to get a better angle to throw. And Holiday instead like kind of veered off to the right, stuck his leg up and out, took out Castro, he went down, uh, couldn't throw, couldn't throw the ball, and then another run scored, tied the game. Could have been an inning ending double play. Mm-hmm. Quaddy came out and argued, got ejected for Again. I mean, hey, he's getting his money's worth. I like it. Um but and I looked at the replay again, and I'm like, what made the 
umpire think he was trying to make a play on the bag. He literally just stuck his foot out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's clear. I mean, you know, that's another place where replay. I'm like, you know, a manager's getting ejected from the game. You're changing the game by, you know, not seeing that the runner's making a play on the bag. I mean, you're yeah. right there, too. A little bit of a tough call for a umpire at that particular point because you do got to watch the tag and the foot coming into the plate. And secondarily, secondarily, you're watching the contact. But, yeah, the, the basic rule is you have to, even if you're trying to break up the play, you have to at least make an attempt right. for the bag. If there is no attempt for the bag and you're going after the fielder, that's when the umpire has to call. Yeah, and I feel, you know, umpire, a second-base umpire who's standing right there should mm-hmm. should be able to make that call, you know. Because, you know, umpires, they don't really look at the bag, you know, because I see a lot of guys who just get away. You know, if they're near the bag, they call them out. But, you know. Then if that contact is very blatant right in front of you, I mean, I feel you get to you know, make the call. That's what you're there for. <laughs> 19 years of following the Chicago Cubs. Jack Washer, he's about uh, 34 years short of what I have suffered through, but a longtime Cub fan nevertheless. JW in the house here with the coach talking a little baseball right now. Got football, college football also. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the discussion, 888 Four eight. The phone number, real quick, before we leave the Cubs, you mentioned Starlin Castro. I have to get this thought out, and I've said it before, and, and uh, the big dog uh, also agreed with me. And I'm not Mike quite a supporter for the most part. He's taken a lot of flack, a lot of criticism. I like the guy. But I think the one biggest mistake he made, and it was early in the season, Starlin Castro leading off, Darwin Barney second up. That had a little bit of success early on. And then he started moving Castro to third, Barney to seventh, you know, Castro second, Barney to, he had Barney leading off. And now, again, it's proven successful. I said it early in the season, and I'm going to say it now. You, for the next five years, Starlin Castro leading off, Darwin Barney batting second up, lead those two right there. I guarantee if you go back and look at the win percentage of the Cubs this year when those two guys have batted one, two, it's going to be above 500. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, but, you know, they always talk about, you know, I guarantee they went on a losing streak when they had that. And Quaddy just looking for the right lineup. And, you know, he just couldn't find it, couldn't find it. He's tried so many different lineups this year. And, you know, I don't blame him. You know, he's trying to find the right level. You know, and it hasn't been easy. You know, he's had a lot of injuries. A lot of, you know, he lost two starting pitchers in the first week. It's only tough for a manager coming in. Uh, he lost a couple of outfielders for a significant amount of time, you know. Uh, so, you know, he's had to juggle around the lineup, you know, bringing up new guys, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I do agree, you know, Castro and Barney at the top. That's I like I like our odds there, you know. Darwin. Those two guys right there. By the way, speaking of lineup changes, we got to mention the other side of uh, our fine city of Chicago, the south side team, the White Sox losing their, what, sixth in a row, 12 out of 16. They get beaten yesterday. By the Yankees, six to two. Ozzy Guillen, another guy who was uh, using the Jewish term, Jack Verstanzt, <laughs> just cannot find the right lineup. He is uh, visibly, visibly bothered, which isn't too hard if you're Ozzy, uh, if you've watched Ozzy Guillen before. But six in a row, and they get swept by the Yankees. Four game sweep, Jack. Would you, as you head off to the University of Missouri, would you sing the swan song for the White Sox, or are you still feel a pulse? Uh, I do not feel a pulse at all. Uh, just there's too many inconsistencies in that lineup. Spoken uh, like a true Cubs fan, by the way. I mean, even if I was a Sox fan, I would agree. You know, you got Adam Dunn, who is done. Swing and a miss. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, maybe they should play that before he comes up, you know. Uh, maybe Boy. motivate him a little bit. But uh, Joel brought out the, uh, and I did not realize this, 
that in the history of baseball, the history of baseball, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, I think the stat he said was uh, nobody has had over 300 at-bats like Adam Dunn has and has had a lower batting average. That's the worst batting average for over 300 bats in the, think about that, in the history of baseball. That's what's called a slump. Yeah, I mean, he, I don't know what, he can't find the ball, you know. I think Carl Zambrano hits better than him. You give him 300 at-bats, I'm sure he'll get Absolutely. more hits than Adam Dunn has. You know, I don't know, I don't know what to do with him. Uh, but, you know, Canerco's hurt right now, I think. He's been out for the last couple of games. Um, so, you know, that's tough. You know, he's the catalyst for that team. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the veteran. He, great defender. Uh, Don has actually taken over, and he has definitely had some gaffes at first base. Um, so, you know, you need, you need your, uh, need your captain out there. And when he's not, you know, the team falls apart. Like they had a is. shot. They got to 500, got within a couple of games of the Tigers in Cleveland, and then uh, had the big challenge of playing, what, Cleveland and then, no, Detroit. Then Boston and then the Yankees didn't start out too bad. They beat Detroit two out of three, beat the Red Sox in the opener, and then the collapse, a courtesy of a red-hot New York Yankee team, four-game sweep, six losses in a row. I think they're six and a half back. Here's a stat for you, too, I think I read. In the four-game series against the New York Yankees, the White Sox drew zero walks. Yep. Yeah, the, that's that's a a credit to the Yankee pitching, and B you got to do a better job of plate selection. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah, I think they said that was like the first time that's happened in 42 years. Team in, in any four game series. In any four game series. Wow. Last team I think to do it was the. Wow, that's uh, a lot of a lot of wows with the White Sox and stats on the negative end. It was actually uh, the Red Sox who did it last time, and they did it against the White Sox. You said 42 years. 1968. Wow. So I'm that's not sure what my math is on that, but that's unbelievable. That's 1968 Boston Red Sox. David Olson, you were barely even a twinkle in your mother's eyes, but that was uh, Jim Lombard, Rico Petroselli and company. Awfully good. George Scott at first base, arguably in, he and Gates Brown, probably the two largest heads <laughs> in the history of baseball. They couldn't even fit his baseball cap on the card. The head like took up the whole thing. It was a beautiful head. Nice looking melon though. Uh, all right, outstanding. So the White Sox uh, slumping down. The Cubs having a little pump up. Rest of baseball jacket's going to be interesting to watch as you head off to college. How much? I know you're immersed into your academic studies. Laugh track, please, <laughs> just in case your mom and dad are listening. Uh, and, of course, the social activities do take a little bit of time. While you're at college, are you still able to follow a little bit of the pro sports scene? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you got the newspaper every day, you know, follow. You know, I was, I'm always... Well, it was on the computer looking up, you know, keeping no, I, keeping up to date with. Uh, interesting. All right, you said you get the newspaper every day. I find that fascinating. Well, uh, how does a college could get a newspaper every well, day? Well, in our in our fraternity, they have like four different newspapers. You know, the USA Excellent. Today, really? the St. Louis. Uh, I don't know what paper. St. Louis Post Dispatch. Yeah, that that's it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't try to read that because you know there's too much uh, Cardinals, Rams. I like to read the USA Today, uh-huh. more general, and I mention okay. something. Yeah. Mentions a little Chicago here and there. Do so. you occasionally meander at the uh, front page, or are you strictly a sports page guy? I'll I'll look at the front page. I always like to look at the front page yeah. and see what's going on there. But yeah, you know normally I don't have a a lot of time to read the paper, so you know I just mm-hmm. go. Out. Run a little, run, yeah. do a little rundown, and then. Head I off worry the about the youth of today, David Olson, because there's so there's so much going on, and probably back when we were young too. But how much are the 
kids today your age up on current events, or how much is it a pretty distant and secondary thought? I know if my kids are any indication, it's a fairly distant and second thought for most of I mean, the, let's say, 16 to 22-year-olds. I'm Well, I think now, at least with my friends, you know, we, we can stay up to date. You know, we watched the uh, Daily Show with Jon Stewart. That's on Comedy yeah, Central. You great know, show. It's a, I think it's a great show. Uh, yeah. had, we actually, my journalism class, we watched a lot about that just because it, it talked about, like, you know, you know, news and how to broadcast and stuff and everything. I, you know, granted, it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of like fake news in a way, but, you know, it kind of keeps you up to date with the current events. I know? hate to tell you, it's a sad state. David Olson, our media relations, uh, media affairs expert here in the show, but it's kind of sad when a comedy show actually makes the most sense of any political current event show out there. Oh, yeah. I, and I think that's pretty much the case with the John Stewart show. I completely agree. And, you know, uh, <laughs> what, what does that say for our media right now, though? I'm saying a lot. Nothing great, really, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I'm, I'm not, I'm no expert, so, but, you know, that's just, that's my point of view on that. You, you just play one for one hour a day, five days a week here on the Mike and Two Guys show. <laughs> All right, very, very interesting. By the way, speaking of TV shows, David, while I was in the uh, San Francisco uh, on the vacation, San Francisco in the Yosemite National Park, we did watch, you know, flipping around the TV screens in the hotel, two shows advertised. I think they were both on True TV. And I was waiting for, like, the comical, you know, that this is a joke, but no, they were not. One was uh, Hillbilly Hand Fishing. Oh, yeah. Coming uh, up next Tuesday at 3 p.m., check out Hillbilly Hand Fishing. Well, you, please tell me you haven't watched that show. I haven't, but I've seen advertisements for it and <laughs> commercials. So, and again, yeah. did, the first time you heard it, didn't you think it was like a joke? Yeah, and then it, it kept going, and then I <laughs> eventually turned the channel and just because I couldn't. I It was ridiculous. Ah, You turned the channel right in the middle of Hillbilly Hand Fishing? What the hell is wrong with you? Come on. I just couldn't get into it. No, you're... See, that's the problem with the young kids today. No curiosity. All boxed in there. you got to reach out and try some different things a little bit. Try some asparagus. Eat some cream spinach and watch Hillbilly Hand Fishing. The other one was a reality show. And, again, I thought I thought when I was watching it advertised at first that it was like a Saturday Night Live skit. <laughs> but it was uh, showing these cars being towed away and arguments between the people and the policemen. And then the, and then the, the kicker to it is Salt Beach Toe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every Saturday at 7 o'clock, check it out. Reality series at its best. South Beats Toe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I you don't watch know. that? Yeah, I've actually seen that show. <laughs> and I, I, a buddy of mine used to uh, work a tow truck in Vegas. Uh huh. And he's been stabbed. He's been punched numerous times. He's been threatened with the, at gunpoint. It's, wow. Uh, so yeah. maybe I actually need to stop laughing and watch this show. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of brutal, especially if you get caught. Hey, you get caught towing okay. a car. It's yeah, because <laughs> it's clearly the tower's fault that your car is being towed right now. It's not your fault at all. Clearly, clearly. So. All right, maybe I stop laughing about it. I have to check out these shows. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number, real quick, just to finish up the baseball talk. Jack, looking around the. Uh, MLB, the Philadelphia Phillies, maybe the team to beat. Seven-game win streak. They knocked off the Giants yesterday. They picked up Hunter Pence. Would you put them, them the Yankees, and the Red Sox, probably the three favorites? i put the Phillies and the Red Sox. They're in their own separate category right now. You know, the Yankees and Red Sox, they have a big three-game series this weekend. Mm-hmm. 
they're tied right now. But yeah, I still think the Red Sox are just better. You know, the Yankees are old, in my opinion. Even they're, after watching the Yankees dismantle our Chicago White Sox. Yeah, let's let's not read too much into that. But you know, the Red Sox they're one to nine. They're got you know got firepower everywhere, and mm-hmm. and the Yankees do too. But you know, they're they're a little older. You know, Jared Jeter. He's still he's still a great player. I mean, he had five hits a couple a couple games ago. And Red Sox team to beat Yankees right behind. Real quick, Central Division: Detroit Tigers right now three up on the Cleveland Indians. White Sox six and a half back. Cleveland gonna fade? Can they stay with it? You think the Tigers take the division? Oh no, the, I think the Tigers will take it, but I think it'll be closer than people think. You know, the Indians they made they made some moves. They were not afraid to go out and they got picked up Ubaldo Jimenez. Picked up Fukudome from the Cubs, you know. And I actually have uh, one of their guys who's on their roster right now. He's from a local kid uh, from Northbrook, yeah, yeah, Illinois, yeah. Jason Kipnis, yep. I believe. Kipnis. Kipnis, yep. yeah. Uh, Watched him play in high school. Outstanding. Yeah. Actually got a game-winning hit, and they uh, were talking about it on the radio. So the guys from Northbrook, Illinois, I'm like, that's not too far mm-hmm. from me. Mm-hmm. Right down the yeah. street for me. Went to play at Kentucky, I think, and then Arizona State. He is now their starting second baseman. Had a big game, I think, a couple of days ago, too, when he got a, uh, I think, a double and a home run, like three, four RBIs. So uh, that's the Central Division in the American League. Real quick, Western Division, great race going on. Texas and Anaheim, beginning of the season, I picked Mike Sosha and the Angels to be the World Series champ. They're hanging in. They are hot, and they're uh, threatening Texas. One game off. It's a two-team race. It should be great. We might not talk to you until you come back from Missouri at uh, Thanksgiving vacation, Jack. So i got to get your pick now. How do you see that two-team battle, two-team horse race going? I see Texas running away with that. Um, really? Oh, and yeah. down the stretch they come. Here come the Angels taking the turn. Here come the Rangers. And the Rangers pulling away. Jorge Posada to the whip. The Rangers pulling away. Five lanes, six lanes, seven lanes. And the Anaheim Angels have pulled up limp. Wow. <laughs> Really, well, Texas pulling away? Oh yeah, they got. You know, they're kind of they're like the Western Red Sox in my opinion. They got a lot of firepower. You know, Josh Hamilton, Nelson Cruz, Michael Young. Uh, you know, they picked up some. They picked up a reliever in the bullpen, Mike Adams from the Padres. Yep. I think they got enough to make an AL West run. Another look out for them to make a another postseason run. You know, they did it last year. They picked up Cliff Lee. You know, they made it all the way to the World Series and. You know, they lost, but, you know. It's an outstanding analysis of the Texas Rangers. And make sure after the show you leave me your cell phone number so I can call you when the Anaheim Angels win it by four games. (laughs) 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 But you are right. Texas uh, talent-wise is loaded, and they had the advantage that last year they've been through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'll be be interesting to watch. Over the National League, real quick, uh, our beloved Chicago Cubs division. Brewers, Cardinals, Pirates, Cincinnati make it a late run. Cubs at Reds this weekend. Well, ideally, I would like the Pirates to win it, win the entire division. Wow, that's not going to happen. But oh, you like as and you'd wish. I, I wish, yeah. I I don't want to see the Cardinals win just because then I have to deal with that down at Missouri, telling me that the Cardinals are better than the Cubs. I, I don't want to hear that. Um, so I, I I guess I would have the Brewers. You know, the Brewers haven't really done anything. You know, I kind of you kind of feel bad for them too. You know, they're doing well this year, but you know they. Just, they haven't done anything. I don't think I can't remember the last time they won a World Series. You know, I would like to see them win. Yeah, I, I yeah, I would like to see the Brewers win right now. You know, uh, I've always and I'm, you know I'm gonna base it off the ballpark. I always like going to Miller Park, Redder than Bush Stadium. 
Uh, I still have never been to Miller Park, and I've heard nothing but great things. Fantastic stadium. Yep. You know, and great. You know, it's not hostile. It's not a hostile environment. You know, mm-hmm. I just have, you always have a good time when you go there. Great food too. I need to get up there. I need to spend more time in the summer north of the Wisconsin border. I might be going next week to the Wisconsin State Fair, Ooh. which is a highly recommended time. But I could, uh, you could spend the summer up there. You go to the summer festivals that they got. Mm-hmm. On their uh, the grounds over there, you know what do you got? Italian fest one week, yeah. German fest the next <laughs> week, summer fest which is phenomenal. You go to some Milwaukee Brewers games. You go to the Wisconsin State Fair. I may uh, I may head north of the border next year. Yes, and the go. Milwaukee Zoo, which is incredible, uh, underrated. It's not it's not underrated. It's considered one of the top zoos in the country. Wow, hold on a second. I got my uh, USA Today top ten zoos twelfth, Milwaukee. <laughs> All right, it's, it's better. It's better. It's better than anything we have here. I'll tell yeah. you that it is. Yeah, and that's you know Lincoln Park Zoo, Brookfield Zoo, very fine zoos. San Diego has been the number one ranked zoo for a long time. <laughs> you know, it's a slow sports day when we start. But all right, so I'll spend some time at the Milwaukee Zoo too. Very, very good. Uh, all right, so you got the Brewers winning that division. They've looked very, very good at times this year, but they've also. Shown some pretty heavy inconsistencies too. So we'll see. And how about? Um, National League Western Division, San Francisco, Arizona, not only a half back as the Giants continue to struggle. You know, I like the Giants winning that. You know, they've struggled, but if you, I think eventually they turn it around. They have some great pitching. They picked up a big-time player in Carlos Beltran. Um, you know, they for that missing link of Buster Posey. And, you know, great. They got a great guy at the back end of that bullpen. You know, the best beard in sports, I believe. Um, so. I was just out in San Francisco. You can hardly go into any store that sells anything without some thing of the beard. Yeah. A t-shirt or a coin or a keychain. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about the beard. Yeah. So, you know, I see them eventually. I think Arizona keeps it close for the next month or so. Mm-hmm. You know, and then towards the middle of September, you see the Giants creep away and clinch that division, you know. And you know, I got a lot, of, a lot of friends out in San Francisco, and they always – you know, I'm always rooting for them. You know, I, I was really happy when they won the World Series last year, and you know, they're just a fun team to follow. You know, without Barry Bonds now, mm-hmm. all that controversy. You know, since he retired, they brought in a couple of young pitchers, and finally got some young players to play for them, and you know, that are a fun team to watch. All right, very good little baseball report here with uh, young Jack Washer, JW in the house, sitting in for the Big Dog One Hour Show. Jack, we got to keep moving the train along here. Uh, moving from the baseball world to the fine sport of football, and it's so sweet to be talking about football again, the college football polls. You start reading about the college football team starting their little fall training preseason programs. Of course, the NFL teams are uh, finally got their camps going. The Chicago Bears, I'm assuming you are an avid Chicago Bear fan. Some early thoughts on the uh, Bears, Jack. I don't know if you think arrow pointing up, arrow down, roster changes, et cetera. I like the, all the roster changes they made. Um you know, adding a couple wide receivers to our already stellar wide receiving core. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, but adding someone like Roy Williams who has flourished in a Mike Martz offense and creates now a big target for Jay Cutler at least down the red zone. You know, they let go of Greg Olson, but you know he didn't he didn't really fit the Mike Martz offense. And you know, they, you know they stressed that when they traded him. You know, this guy, you know, we liked him, but you know he just he just wasn't. He was not the guy we were looking for in our system, you know. But you pick up Roy Williams, picked up uh, Sam Hurd, 
picked up a bunch of guys on defense. You know, Vernon Golston, a former first round pick, former top ten pick actually. Um, they let go of Olin Krutz, and I do not disagree with uh, what they did. I know people are kind of nagging about how they let him go, but you know, he's 35 years old, he's injured, and you know, he's starting to hold more than he's actually blocking. You know, granted, he was the captain of that. Yeah, they didn't line. let him go, by the way. Now, they did offer him $4 million. Really? I did not? Oh, yeah. wow. So, you know, people say, oh, you know, they didn't want the guy or not respected the guy. Well, no, that's not the case. They did want him back. You know, when you're, when you're dishing out $4 million for a player, I know in today's pro sports, maybe that's not a super ton. I still consider it a hell of a lot of money. So, uh, you know, Olin didn't think that was enough for him. His loss, it may be your right to bear his I think he's got to come to reality that he's 34, 35 years old and $4 million would be an offensive lineman. Granted, you know, you're getting hit every play, but still, you're not, you went to your six Pro Bowls and then it's been four years you haven't been to a Pro Bowl. So I think you're, if I was them, be like, $4 million, that's pretty good for where I am right now. I, I would take that, you know, but, you know, you know, I think it's the new era of the center, you know, finding, trying to find our new Olin Krutz, but, you know, he, I always liked him until he started holding guys more than he blocked guys. So <laughs> <laughs> That can be a problem. Yeah. So, that can be a know. problem. The advantage, of, I think, Olin Cruz is, uh, you know, that he knew all the play calls and he knew the system and the offensive line and the guys did respect him. And the center is kind of the captain of that offensive line. And people that, uh, well, I haven't played the game, but people that don't follow football, I don't think they realize how intricate the offensive line. It's not just block people, but there's all kinds of schemes. It's one of the most complicated spots to play. So they'll probably miss that part. The leadership and the play calling up front of Olin Cruz, not so much his great blocking. Right. Yeah, but you know, you have guys who can step up and do that. You know, our offensive line wasn't spectacular last year. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, letting him go. I mean, yeah, you'll miss the leadership, but yeah, I mean, at least last year they, they were struggling with picking up people. You know. Not saying that's his fault. I'm just saying, you know, you know, even with his leadership, they, they couldn't protect Jacob. Well, I just so. like to see it. it. Seems like the last two or three years for the Bears' offensive line. And again, I'm not a rocket scientist when it comes to offensive line play. But on a running play, I'm going to break it down to its most simple point. We switch from baseball to football discussion here, folks. You want to talk some Chicago Bear football, NFL? We're going to get to college in just a second. Uh, 888-463-6748, Jack Washer in the house for the big dog. But just as simple as it can, uh, Jack, on running plays, push the other guy back. Drive him back. And you do not see the last couple of years the Chicago Bear offensive line getting any kind of push on the front. Well, you know, uh, well, normally, you know, you know, Matt Forte, he had his good year, and then people started loading guys in the box, and, you know, you got to pick up everybody, you know, because they're loading eight, nine guys in the box. Yeah, you got to break some tackles on occasion, also. Yeah, though, true. Which he started to do last year. True, um, but you know, yeah, that it. You know, I think that's simple. You know, push the other guy back, but you, know, you also got to think the other guy's trying to push you back too. So you know, uh, yeah, but but win the battle at least half the time. It seems to me like it's it's like ten percent of the time. Yeah, you know, and I just yeah. You know, you know, I know that defensive players sometimes at least are more athletic than our offensive linemen. You know, mm-hmm. I know you know at least the, the ends, the defensive ends. You know, much quicker than the offensive linemen. You know, uh, and you know the tackles maybe not not as much, but you know, I agree. Yeah, it should. You know, our running game. You know, it just 
It's like, all right, just throw the ball. You know, I, I can't watch this anymore. Two-yard game, one-yard game, it's third and seven. We have to throw mm-hmm. the ball. Give us three chances to get ten yards instead of one chance to get ten yards, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, talk mm-hmm. a little Chicago Bear football, NFL football. Here we got the running back situation for the Bears. Much, much better now, at least on paper. Matt Forte coming back as your number one running back. You still got Chester Taylor, who sort of was like the running version of Greg Olson, a talented guy who just, Mike Martz, had trouble finding a way for him to fit in the system. And now we got a third running back, pretty good guy, a power back in Marion Barber the third. So while you're at the University of Missouri, Jack, hope we get to watch some Bear football. They should have a pretty decent three-pronged running game. Yeah, I I do agree with that, but I just I don't see three those three guys. I think one of them will be let go. I believe it will be Chester Taylor. I feel eventually. Oh, you don't think they'll keep all three? I don't think so because you know Matt Forte plays a heavy load. Actually, but Chester Taylor, you know, he's a third down back. Marion Barber, you know, he was a bit he was the head honcho in Dallas for a while, so yep. they brought in a couple other guys, and then he his numbers kind of dipped. You know, he's more of a goal line back. Um, I don't know how they'll use him. You know, I'm kind of excited to see what they do with that entire situation. But Remember, Chester Taylor used to kill us. Yeah. Kill the Bears when he was at the Vikings, and then he played for the Bears, and he still killed the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Hopefully he can have a bounce back here. But uh, any other uh, NFL things you see out there, Jack? Teams picking up players? Any? The 49ers picked up Braylon Edwards yesterday. I oh, believe. finally. Yeah. Um, that guy was looking for a family, but didn't he get in trouble? I don't know. Probably. Uh, no, Plaxico Burris just got out of jail. Um, no Should idea. never have been in jail. Yeah. Two years in jail? Yeah, for he, carrying a gun in his sweatpants? Didn't he shoot himself, too? Yeah, well, but he wasn't threatening anybody else. He didn't look to go in the bar to shoot anybody. He didn't attack or accost anybody. He was uh, not smart bringing a gun into a bar, and um, obviously not real smart shooting himself either, and I'm not saying he should have got off scot-free. You know, probation, uh, you know, some good community service, but two years in jail for just bringing a gun into your sweatpants? By the way, did you hear Darius Miles, the NBA player? Yeah. Just not hear what a, he did? That's not a, not a, <laughs> not a smart guy. <laughs> Going through airport security, caught not just with a gun, but with a loaded gun in his pocket. Like, Oops. Now, I was flying back from San Francisco. My uh, son reminded me, you know, thank you very much, about 15 seconds before I'm ready to send my bag through. Dad, did you get ready the water bottle and the sunscreen? <laughs> so I felt kind of foolish. I had to dump out, take out the sunscreen and the water bottle. But after reading about Darius Miles with a handgun, suddenly the sun protection factor 30 banana boat spray version was not uh, quite <laughs> such a damaging version. A loaded gun. Uh, indeed. Yeah. By the way, have you tried that banana boat spray? It's pretty good. Sunscreen. It's good pretty stuff. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah. Good stuff. Just be careful where you're spraying. Yeah, true. <laughs> I probably needed some of that last week. I, I got burned pretty bad. I'm yeah, peeling like, yeah, peeling like no. Constantly reminding my kids, you got to wear that sun protection. Yeah. It will catch up to you later in years. You won't have the beautiful uh, skin tones that I have. <laughs> Take a look at Joel's picture on the screen. You won't have that nice melon-looking head if you're out there getting fried in the sun. <laughs> yeah. At Lollapalooza, you probably uh, is it, do. They have tents over for the rock concert. Uh no, they don't actually. Uh-oh. Not to our concert, so. But you know, yeah, it's it, you don't get too hot down there. You know, there's places you can get some cover, so it's not too bad. We did have one uh, emailer emailing, and they had a question for you earlier in the show. We were talking about hints 
for surviving a outdoor rock concert, 90,000 plus. We were talking about that. If you're just joining us, uh, why are you just joining us? Join us for the whole hour, 10 to 11. We're only mm-hmm. on one hour a day. Listen for the whole damn show. But we are appreciative that you're listening for at least part of it. We were talking about Lollapalooza, rock concert in Chicago, and you had mentioned some hints for the people to stay hydrated. Now, one of our emailers wants to know if holding in the urination, does that help the hydration, hurt the hydration, or does it make no difference? Well, that very much hurts the hydration and hurts it, it. and it hurts you too because you, okay. you're not comfortable. As someone who has tried to hold it in before, just go. You know, it, you feel a lot better and okay. you know that's only good. That's only good if you're having to go over and over again. That means you're hydrated. You know, I've always found. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming the emailer is is making the assumption that. If you're low on fluids, you don't want to get rid of fluids if you're hydrated. True, but you know, you don't if, want to get too graphic if, here, if you if you think you've been drinking uh, <laughs> enough water, you know, a couple bottles here and there. Uh-huh. You think you're pretty hydrated and you just you need to get rid of some of your fluid right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a judgment call, but you know, if you if you're drinking water down there, a bottle here and there, you should be pretty good. Health and nutrition expert Jack Washer, our guest on today's show. All right, real quick, we got to get to some college football. They put the polls out there. Uh, I think the USA Today poll, another one is out there. Oklahoma seems to be the consensus number one. I prefaced it by saying it's great to be talking college football, one of my favorite sports of all. Uh, real quick, your Missouri team, uh, how are the hopes there? And I don't think I saw the University of Missouri in the preseason top 25. 21 or 23. Uh-huh, so, um, it's very nice for them to be pre-ranked. I like it. Good team. Um, actually, I had a new know, quarterback this year. New quarterback, faster, more mobile quarterback. What's his name? James Franklin. James Franklin. Sophomore. Redshirt sophomore. A sophomore. Um, but they return four offensive linemen, one new guy. The same running back, same three or four wide receivers, the best tight end in college football, in uh, Michael Agnew. Uh, defense lost two guys, no, three guys in the two guys in the secondary, one guy in the defensive line, Alden Smith. He got drafted seventh overall. Um, but I think they're gonna be a fun team to watch. You know, under they got a couple big games early. You, know, you got Arizona State on the road. Um, they're they're an up and coming team, uh, so that should be a tough game. They got Oklahoma at Oklahoma in last week of September. You know I don't know if we're gonna come out with a win, but you know that should be a fun game to watch for sure. Uh, but they you know now with the Big Twelve they only have ten teams. Uh, they play everybody, so we play Oklahoma State, we play Texas, we play Texas Tech, Texas A and M. Should be a fun. Fun college football Wait, say season. that again. The Big 12 now, you lost Nebraska. Lost Nebraska, lost Colorado. So you're down to how many teams? Ten teams, and we're still called the Big 12, believe it or and not. And only one division? One division. Oh, Everyone. see, I was not aware of this. And they're going to play everybody once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does that leave you? One non-conference game? Three. We play, I think... Three? Three, yeah. Three okay. Three non-conference right, games, nine cool. conference games. So Very cool. So no more East against West division championship game? No. It's one big happy conference? Yeah. Very good. Was not aware of that. Got to catch up on my Big 12 info. I know the Big East is still looking for a team to add to their conference. They're struggling for teams, but the Big 12 now has nine teams. So if you're keeping the score at home, the Big 12 now has 10, ten. teams, mm-hmm. and the Big 10 has 11 teams. 12. Oh, yeah, 12. And, and the Pac 
10 has yeah. 12 teams now, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? As ridiculous as it is, I still like him keeping that name. Yeah. Because, you know, the Big Ten, it's, it's, it goes beyond the number 10. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Would you go speaking of the Big Ten, you're wearing the Northwestern jersey there. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, because I was in this situation. The team you rooted for as a kid and have followed most of your years. Now, you've only been in Missouri for a year, but you're, you know, you're 35,000 hours into it. And some academic studies, some time spent over there. You're about to enter your sophomore year. If the Northwestern Wildcats, in their purple, invaded the University of Missouri, what's the stadium called? Faroe Field. Faroe Field. Sorry, I asked. Uh, <laughs> who would you be rooting for? I actually that came across that 2008. I wasn't at Missouri yet, but they played each other in a bowl game. I went down as a Northwestern fan, and oh wait, uh, wait you haven't said Northwestern yet. I'm sorry. But we 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 lost. Um, but I think but I was, in your so heart I, of hearts, who I would root for Missouri. Uh. Not to, but believe it or not, my you know I don't you know my daddy's already paying my tuition, so. I don't think you would take it away from me by running for Missouri. But, you know, always a Northwestern fan. Um, I had that happen. I was at Illinois sitting with my fellow student body fans. I think we were in West Block I or East Block I, one of those blocks with the semi-crazy fans, and the Northwestern team ran out. And I still remember, you know, I was clapping for Illinois, but in my heart when I saw Northwestern run out, inside I had that I was still rooting for the Wildcat. Yeah, and – yeah, my, my grandpa went to Illinois. My dad went to Northwestern Law School, and it was always fun going to games as a little kid when my grandpa was alive. And he, he would wear an he would wear an, an Illinois uh, jacket, and then if you unzipped it, it had a little Northwestern inside, just you know to make my dad happy. But you know, <laughs> it was always fun going to Northwestern Illinois games, and so. Fun talking some college football, too. 888-463-6748, the phone number. If you want to jump in, talk a little college football with JW and the coach. Looks like the top five teams. And, again, you know, what does preseason mean? But it's at least it gives us a uh, uh, a tip-off for some conversation. But the preseason top five consensus top teams, Oklahoma, Alabama, Oregon, Stanford, and who do we got there? LSU, I think Florida State has been mentioned, too. So those are some of your powerhouse teams. Of course, Alabama has got... A lot coming back from last year, oh, but yeah. um, we'll see. And Stanford, of course, has the Heisman Trophy. They might as well just give the trophy to the kid already, right, Andrew Luck? Yeah, you know, what what a talent. He's a fun fun to watch. He's big, Ooh. he's fast. He, Basically, he's an NFL quarterback but still playing college football. Exactly. You know, it's, it's surprising he didn't go last year. I think he kind of wanted to finish out school. He knew about the lockout possibility. Yep. So, you know. I think he made a good decision, come back, maybe win a Heisman Trophy, maybe do another BCS Bowl, maybe a national championship, and then go to the NFL, you know, try to do everything. Nice to have those choices, though, huh? Yeah. Be at Stanford and re-enter as a junior year, and you're the college football guy, the Heisman candidate, and you had coming off a great season, or go to the NFL and make millions and millions of dollars. That's that's what you call a can't-lose situation. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Oklahoma, though, seems to be the consensus number one. They are loaded. A lot of players back Bob Stoops and company. Big Ten, I think Wisconsin is the highest-ranked team. Mm-hmm. Ohio State has dropped a little bit, obviously, they'll part be, of it because they're head coach. They'll be interesting to watch. You know, they Who's the other team ranked high? Wisconsin? Is it Penn State? Penn State, Michigan State, uh, they're, they're up there. Mm-hmm. Michigan will be a big story. Um, I don't know how they'll do this year. You know, new coach. 
And they're going back to that pro-style offense, the style that worked for them under Lloyd yep. Carr. And, you Denard know, Robinson is back. Denard Robinson. Different offense. He's the, you know, he doesn't, I don't know if he fits this offense, but you know, he's still one of the most exciting players to watch in college football. He's so fast, can do so much with his legs. You know, yeah. in a sense, and again, I'm not an X and O guy here, uh, you know, but I've followed football enough to have noticed this. You can say you get a guy like Denard Robinson, a tremendous, or, you know, Vince Young, Michael Vick, those kind of guys that West Coast offense, you throw the short passes, you sprint them out there, run pass threats. You get that type of quarterback in a more straight drop-back system where the receivers run longer routes and the rushers come in and rush. Even though it's a, not a designed run, sometimes those guys scrambling out of the pocket oh, yeah. is more dangerous than the design sprint-outs and the design runs because now the defense is a little bit more disheveled. Well, yeah. So he might be more dangerous in the pro style. Yeah, because you have to have guys, well, other than the, the pass rushers, you got to have Maybe one or two guys to watch him, spy on him, make sure he's not, you know, running, running for life or running for daylight, you know, uh, you know, maybe keep a couple linebackers and that will free up a couple wide receivers, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he doesn't have a, a spectacular arm, but, you know, I'm sure if he, you know, if he's having one on one coverages down the field, I'm sure he'll hit more than he'll miss, yeah. you know. Which yeah. he will get a lot because you keep a couple of spies in, which you probably have to do. Yeah. Most teams will challenge that type of quarterback and say, hey, beat us with your arm. Exactly. And so if, if he can, he's going to be very dangerous. If you don't want to, just have fun chasing him around the field, you know, mm-hmm. which is not fun to do. You know? right. so, be interesting to watch college football just creeping into the picture here. And young kids like uh, Jack Washer uh, heading off to college in a couple of weeks. You get the student body back on campus, get the marching bands cranking up all the pageantry in the atmosphere of college football. Will not be long. We should real uh, quick mention before the show is over, a golf tournament going on this weekend, Jack, up in uh, Akron, Ohio. The Bridgestone Invitational. Tiger Woods is back at it. He had a pretty good first day. Yeah. Um, you know, excited to see him back. You know, it's good for the game of golf. And, you know, I think it. I think he's ready, he's ready to come back. You know, he mm-hmm. fired two under yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Stop talking about his mistakes and his transgressions. Less apologetic. It's more... Yeah. Right now, anyways, it looks like more of the old Tiger. Hey, to hell with all that stuff. I'm going to go out and win. Right. And I kind of thought, who would feel more awkward if Tiger Woods and Adam Scott yes. play on the final day <laughs> of competition? Tiger Woods, yeah. Steve Williams. Steve Williams is not catting for Tiger anymore. He He's not, he's not on his bag anymore. Tiger has a long time. So friend. he fired Steve Williams. Fired Steve Williams after 12 years, 13 majors. I think 82 or 64 tour victories. But for this tournament, Steve Williams is now carrying the bag for Adam Scott. I think he's actually going to be his long-term caddy now. He's been caddying for him okay. for a couple turns. And Adam Scott happens to have, be in the lead after day one. Yeah, he retired 62 yesterday. Yeah, so that that so. would be pretty interesting. TV, I'm sure the uh, TV coverage would love that. I I would love that. You know, I think yeah. just, and the two of them split. Yeah, was yeah, not I, so great. I, I don't think it was great, but you know they were they were such a long time buddies. You know, I, I Which think it, it was sad to see it. It was, that one. yeah. You know, I mean, I you know I don't know I don't know what went on, but you know it, you know if Tiger feels he needed somebody new, you know Steve, you know you got him, you're on his back for 13 majors. You can't say he didn't have a successful career with him. Mm-hmm. Say I was, I, I was on the bag for one of the probably the best golfer ever to play. You know, arguably, of course. But uh, for you know, for his prime, and you know when everyone was talking about him, so 
Beautiful. Well, Jack, we got to wrap it up. We probably will not talk to you. You are back in school. Uh, I'll tell you what, we will get you back on as a guest from school when the Cubs take on the Philadelphia Phillies in the opener of the best of seven for the National League Championship. Agreed. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you'll come on for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. We will get you on when the, uh, let's see, Northwestern Wildcats take on your Missouri Tigers for a big bowl game, the top Big Ten team against the top Big 12. Should be a great matchup. Nas- national championship. I'll, I'll, yeah, see, see yeah, I'll settle for a big bowl game. Uh-huh. You know, you want to go national championship, hey, dreams are free. Yeah. There. <laughs> uh, what else can we reconvene for? Oh, your Arizona, or wait, St. Louis doesn't have an NFL team, do they? The Rams. Oh, the St. Louis Rams. So when the Rams meet the Bears for the NFC Championship, will you come on as a guest for that also? Oh, definitely. That, okay. uh, Missouri will be rocking if that if that's going on. <laughs> so. Beautiful. All right. uh, great to have you. Good luck at school if we don't see you. Huh? Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. And enjoy Lollapalooza. If he's down at Lollapalooza, by the way, if you see a kid with a Northwestern jersey, come up and introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. David Olson, thank you so much. It was a short week for me. We'll be back at you next week for a 5 day or unless I go to the Wisconsin State Fair. Have a great weekend, everybody. Two guys in a mic, talkzone.com. For JW and the coach, we're signing off. See you Monday at 10. Don't be late.